Welcome to the show, folks. This is Wrestling Changed My Life. Here we go. I like breaking people. And uh, it's something about, you know, just winning and hand fighting and getting the shots and, and physical, just being physical. Um, that's an amazing feeling to, you know, just have someone totally, you know, you're two, two warriors battling and then, you know, you, you totally just take over. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time, that's good wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Welcome back to Wrestling Changed My Life. This is your host, Ryan Warner. Thank you so much for tuning in, folks. My guest today is Sammy the Bull Henson, Olympic silver medalist, world champion, NCAA champion, and one of the most intense competitors that you're going to find. Really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you folks do too. Before we get to the interview, a quick shout out to our fan of the week, Chad Bensoff with Blue Chip Wrestling. Thank you, Chad. Greatly appreciate you tuning in, my friend. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please go to WrestlingChangeMyLife.com where you can find all past episodes as well as videos, blogs, all kinds of good stuff. So it's WrestlingChangeMyLife.com. And that's it. Give it up for Sammy, the Bull Henson. Sammy Henson, welcome to the podcast, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm, I'm living living the dream. That's awesome. You're a, you're an inspiring guy, and that's why I'm excited for this chat. Now, I know uh, you've had just an incredible career as a competitor and as a coach, but you got started with wrestling because your uh, your older brothers kind of got you involved with it. And I, I read somewhere that your brother Chuck was pretty tough on you, and he one time dropped you outside of town in the middle of winter, like five miles outside of town. What happened there? Yeah, it was Thanksgiving. He just wanted to toughen me up. He said, he, uh, you know, let's make you tougher. And, um, and I was like, I didn't understand it. I was like, I don't think this is this. I don't think it's going to make me tougher, you know. But, uh, you know, Chuck, uh, you know, his mentality, was, he really, he actually, you know, I mean, in a weird, sick way, you know, really cared about my future and what I was, you know, what, I mean, honestly, I felt that way. I felt his intent was really good. But um, his uh, his delivery and what he what he had in mind of making me tougher, I think we could have won a better way. But yeah, no, we, he dropped me off in the middle the middle of winter. I mean Thanksgiving or not middle middle of winter, but Thanksgiving and yeah. um, Thanksgiving Day, and I had to I had to walk home. So I had to find my way home, and I found my way home, and it was a long day. So how old were um, you at that time? I I want to say I was like uh, fourteen, you know, or thirteen maybe. So wow. Yeah. So he was yeah, he was yeah. tough on you, and that's that was kind of your he was the guy you were luck, looking up to in wrestling. And then, like, what about wrestling at an early age just kind of sucked you into it? 
Uh, you know, I just took to it. I mean, I, I took second my first year of wrestling, you know, in the state tournament. So, I mean, I just was like, uh, I don't know, you know, my, my body, I guess, and, and my mindset and, you know, having 10 brothers and sisters, I think it was just an easy transition for me. Uh, you know, as an athlete, you know, I was pretty athletic and, and, and the aggression I had, I think it was a great fit for me. It really was. Especially being a little guy, you know, I was a smart guy like that too. I mean, that it had to be so exciting for you to find that sport and be like, man, I, I can do this and it doesn't matter how big or how much I weigh, you know, it's like I can control my destiny here. Yeah, I was, you know, and I, I was like, uh, you know, I played football, baseball, I did all that until about seventh grade. And then I was like, you know, <laughs> I wasn't getting any taller, you know, <laughs> and everybody else was. And I was like, you know, I, I really need to just concentrate on wrestling because this is my future. And, um, you know, that's, yeah. So for, for a guy like myself and yourself, I guess it's, it's, yeah. it's a great, it's a great fit. And for anyone, even the bigger guys, you know, guys that are, you know, heavyweights and just controlling your weight and doing, you know, it's just, makes, it's just all around great, great thing. Great sport. What I love about it is that there's so many ways to win. I mean, I was watching your matches from the 98 worlds today and, you know, you put a pace on guys, Almost like the Iowa style, which is ironic because you had some pretty epic battles with, with some Iowa guys in college, which we'll get to. But you just kept the pace on these guys. Um, but there's other ways to win as well. You know, so like, do you think that your style of wrestling just kind of fit your personality? Just relentless attack. Go, go, go. I mean, that's just always how it was for you. Yeah, you know, and the funny thing is, as I like to, I wish I could split myself in two. You know what I mean? And do it, do it, uh, have a parallel life a little bit because honestly i i think you know actually technical technical wise and stuff i i never allowed myself to do that as much as i did hand fighting and position and getting the shots just because you know i knew i could win that way right but i i now you know wrestling and just you know just knowing wrestling even later in my career i realized that you know i could you know i was you know i had i had a lot of, a lot of talent and a lot of could have could have changed the style a little bit and been fun fun and interesting to have it, you know use that style in a match. But you know for me, you know I like breaking people and uh, it's something about you know just winning and hand fighting and getting the shots and and physical just being physical. Um, that's an amazing feeling to you know just have someone totally you know your two two warriors battling and then you know you, you totally just take over. And uh, and then impose your will on them. I always said I like to impose my will on people, and um, that's that's my style. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I love it, man. And it's it's just a a go go go. And there's so many fakes and you know fakes and goes, and it's just exciting to watch. And then you know in high school, you dominated three time state champ. Uh, freshman year, lost with like five seconds left. And then you go to Missouri, which was not a power at that time at all. Um, you're nowhere near to where they're at now. And you're in the uh, the semis of your freshman year at Carver Hawkeye, and you're squaring off against Chad Zapital, who was a guy who got second three times for Iowa, and you ended up losing fourteen to two or twelve to two. That had to be like the biggest loss you've ever taken at that level. Like, what do you remember from that experience? <laughs> a lot. You always remember your losses, right? I mean, I remember this that uh, I, you know, like you said to your point. At, at that time, the view was not um, where where we are now, where they are now. And so, you know, for me, uh, I, you know, I went, everybody wants just to be an All-American at Mizzou. Well, you know, I'm sure, you know, at that time and still now today, Iowa, you want to be a national champ as a freshman. You believe you can be. Um, for me, I, you know, I made the semifinal, so I was already an All-American. And, 
you know, I was like, I'm going to win this thing. You know, I, I really felt I was going to win. Of course, you know, I'm a champion. I want to win. But then, you know, when I got out there and just in the match situation, I just realized, you know, I mean, afterwards, just thinking through it, like either it's just, it was too late for me to, if I didn't believe I was going to win it going in, how can I believe it during, you know, at the semifinals, you know, in the tournament. So, so do you have some doubts you know, going I, into the match then or? Oh, no, I had no doubts going into the match. I really, you know, I, I have a lot of belief in myself. You yeah. Know? Um, but when I got put on my back for the first time, I mean, I've never been taken from my feet to my back in, in my life. You know, I'm stronger than anybody I've ever wrestled. So, you know, for me to have that done to me, um, you know, it was just so quick and everything happened so fast for me. I just remember just being like, I can't believe it. You know, in, in between it, I'm like, this has never happened to me, you know. And uh, so you don't forget something like that. You really store that in your memory bank and you you <laughs> you you have to make that guy pay. And that's all, you know, that's all I ever thought about. As soon as I got off the mat, I wasn't, I was devastated, but I was thinking, I'm going to have to make this new pay. I'm gonna, somebody's got to pay and I'm going to, and it's going to, you know, I've got to figure this out. How did this happen to me? And so, well, and how did it, it, I mean, cause when you're at Carver, I mean, I, I grew up about an hour from there uh, on the Illinois border, but it's really loud. I've never been there for a national, so I can only imagine it's amplified, but, um, but you get put to your back and then the match just kind of gets away from you. But you know, and Zapato goes on to get second and gets beat by Prescott. Um, but then like, it was kind of interesting because the next two years you didn't get to wrestle the next year because you transferred to Clemson, wrestle for Gil Sanchez, who had some great battles with John Smith. But so you had a lot of time to, to stew on this. Right. And I've read that you literally thought about Zapital every day for maybe like two years or something like that. Is that an exaggeration? No, every day. Every day, every minute, I, I I thought about that match and every minute, everything I ever did that year, the last year, first year I was off, and then the second year, everything I did during that time was for him. And I mean, so when I trained, all I trained, you know, I trained, but I saw myself wrestle. I would go in the wrestle room and I'd wrestle Chad Zappel. I'd wrestle him in, you know, epic battle, or I'd, I'd wrestle him where I dominated him. I wrestled, you know, in motion stance, and if I didn't do it right, if I didn't get it perfect, and when I, in my mind, and when I was shadow drilling then I had to do it again. So I was in there for hours, you know, like I, cause I had to mentally, um, I, I, I kind of have a, you know, you know I'm, I, I, I just kind of have to have everything right. If it's not right, I got to redo it. And so I'm uh, kind of a perfectionist in that way. So if in my mind, I wanted to beat him in a certain way, then I would have to repeat that match until I got it down. Right. So, you know, you're talking seven minutes each time, you know, motion stance, it's not easy. So you figure it, you know, you get two or three of those in, you're you're in there for a while, right? So how many stands and motions do you think you wrestled by yourself? Imagine oh, Zapital, like ten oh, or like hundreds? Uh, hundreds, hundreds, for sure. Over, yeah, because I, you know, I almost did it every day, right? So, you know, um, you know, so it's just just something that I would do, um, just relentlessly. I just religiously. Wow, and then. What made you transfer from Missouri to Clemson? Was it that loss? I got I, no. I got in trouble. And, you know, I, I wanted to. I wanted to leave, um, just because I just it, not against Mizzou. I love Mizzou. I loved uh, Wes Roper. He's a great guy. Um, but I just, you know, I went in after the NCAA tournament. And I just felt like, you know, for me, you know, um, I Wes was a you know hard worker, and I was already a hard worker, and I just felt like I was missing that part of the technical part of it, the aspect of that. And, mm. and, uh, and so me and Wes are really similar in some ways. And so I want to get a different feel, a different, different outlook, you know? Uh, and, uh, so I, you know, I asked to 
be released, but they didn't release me. Then I, then I got in trouble. So then, you know, I had a year off and, um, so yeah, so gotcha. it was great. It actually, it was actually the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, you know, you know, you go from your trials and, you know, and you, you deal with those adversities and it made me such a better person and just, just overall, just my mind. And it's just, I spent the year going down and working out with Gary Mayhab and, uh, every, every Friday I would drive down to his house. Um, I don't know if you know Coach Mayhab, but he's uh-uh. Greco coach. He was Greco coach. He's a ref. He's actually the Greco guy, uh, Greco national team coach or, or, or whatever under, uh, Lindland right now. And so he was my mentor, you know, he, he would take care of me. He actually, we actually flew to Vegas that year and, uh, and we flew together and I, <laughs> the funny story is that we ended up crossing each other in the finals of the, uh, the Greco national championship <laughs> that year. And he actually, actually helped me get there. And, um, the plane was being delayed. I'm like, I'm just going to eat. I'm just going to eat. I'm, this plane isn't going, we're not going to make way in. He goes, no, 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 no. <laughs> and if he would have just let me eat, I, we wouldn't have wrestled. But then we ended up wrestling. He was my coach. And, you know, I ended up, ended up walking over there with him and then beating him. And then I felt really terrible. And then I was like, I'm, I got to go back with this guy to the hotel. What am I going to do? And he was the greatest. He gave me a big hug. And, you know, it was just a really cool, cool guy. So that year was really good for me, um, just, just overall. So yeah. you were like training full. So this is the year in between you transferred to Clemson. You're just yeah. you're, you're kind of out of school. And you're training full time like a senior level athlete almost. Yeah, I was. I, I mean, every. I mean, I had a great. Uh, I was still in school at Mizzou, but I would. I could. I talked to my teachers, and I had an academic. Uh, or my um, my advisor. He he was really really great, and um, you know, I'd go to Michigan State uh, for the training camp for Greco training camps, and I would uh, you know go there for a week or two you know, or wherever they had training camp, I would go. And, um, and then on the weekends, I would always work out with, uh, coach Mayab. So, so why, why Greco versus freestyle? Well, that's, I I started out with Greco and, um, you know, cause Missouri, I mean, Missouri's a big Greco state. And so, you know, and Greco was always first at junior national. So I just wrestled it, you know, and I won, you know, so I, it just took to it. Right. And then, when I, when the reason why I switched from Greco to freestyle is, uh, me and Dennis Hall, we kind of have a parallel, you know, we, we were the same age and we, I, I was a junior national champ. He was junior national champ together. He won his third when I took second, my senior, I think. Um, and so we, I had two of them. And then the deal is, is he was going to go to Wisconsin and he, I think he started there or whatever. And he, and then I heard that he decided not to go to Wisconsin and he's going to go full-time Greco. And I started thinking to myself, man, well, how, how am I going to wrestle Greco? You know I mean, I, I mean, how are you going to beat him if he's it for, doing it full time? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not wrestling him, I, but anybody, how am I going to beat anyone that's on, you know, Sean, Sean Sheldon was a guy, right? How am I going to beat that guy if I'm doing it three months out of the year? I go and I, and I, my goal was to be a national champ. So I was like, I'm not, I'm, I can't do that. So that's when I switched to freestyle. Got it. Okay. And you had, dude, the battles you had just domestically back then were insane. I mean, Avis at the end of your career and, and Zeke Jones and Roselli and all those guys in the thick of it. But before we get to that point, though, we go back to Clemson. And now you're a junior. You, you had to burn your eligibility. Now you're a junior. And, you know, in the back of your mind, Zapital beat you in the semis. But now things are different right and going into the going into the nationals in 93 
you and Zapatal on opposite sides of the bracket. And so you actually meet this guy in the finals. Like, how perfect is this? Like, what are you thinking Saturday morning after the weigh-ins, knowing you have to wrestle him that night and you get to avenge this loss? What are you thinking that day? Well, you just get, I'm getting chills right now thinking about it again. That's how great, I mean, how great a feeling. Let's go, buddy. I remember, uh, yeah, I remember weighing in, and I, I'll never forget it. I, I'll never forget this because I was walking up, uh, or I was sitting in the stands, and uh, Zappo had come up through. There just happened to be the same path we were at, right? And um, I remember him coming up, and I, and I, you know, we, we locked eyes. And, you know, he's a warrior and, you know, great, great, one of the greatest wrestlers, you know, uh, I've ever wrestled, you know, but um, he, he, we locked eyes and, and I just, he, when he went past us, I told my parents, I got it, I got it. And they were like, what? And I go, I got it. I'm going to beat him. I go, I just felt it. And uh, I just sensed it in his eyes. I just felt like I had him, you know, and I wow. felt like it, I, that moment I was like, I, I told, that's my brother. I was like, I got it. It's over. I'm going to win. And they were like, what? I go, I'm just talking. You could tell by that. I go, yeah, I felt it. I go, he's done. So I just felt it. You know, I just felt it. And I, and I knew just looking in his eyes, I, I could see it, you know. And this is with him and he's got the Gable entourage around. I mean, this is at, I mean, Iowa won nine of 10 national titles in the 90s. So there's no question who the dominant team is. And, you know, he just has everyone around him. You know, he's part of that great team where they had like both brands, the Steiner, Zappa. I mean, this is like the entourage and you see him go by and did, did that kind of put a chip on your shoulder? Like I want to beat Gable's guy a little bit. Oh yeah. When I was out there, I always wrestled Gable. You know, I want to wrestle. I mean, like in my mind, I'm like, you know, because he was slapping before getting, you know, like try to intimidate people. And he was like, you can't intimidate me, man. I've been, I've had Chuck Henson around me all my life. I can't. Yeah, you know, and how he just—it just really actually made me, you know, made me, uh, you know, gave me some ammunition, you know, gave me some ammunition to go out and perform as high as I could at the highest level. I love about. But I love. I, go I, ahead. I, I love Iowa. You know, I love Iowa. I love. I love their mentality. I always thought I should have went to school there. You know, dude, that's so what I'm saying. That, <laughs> Your that, style you know, is just I, like that. I know, and, and the thing is that I actually, you know, when I transferred, I actually made a call to them, but they, because I thought, you know. Brands was going to go, I mean, uh, Brands was graduating, so I thought Zappolo would go 26, and then I, you know, but um, they didn't, they said that he wanted to go 18, so, you know, it's kind of weird, but yeah, that that's kind of a weird, weird, weird twist. Gable was kind of yeah. loyal to his guys, so he's like, we're already full, sorry, essentially, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah, and I was hoping he would go 26, so then me and him could be on the team together, that would have been cool, you know, but. And like, what I love about Insane Winners is, they have such a belief in themselves that sometimes they sound crazy to the outside world. And so like that <laughs> moment when he's walking by, your parents are like, what do you mean? You looked at him and you saw something, but like, you just knew deep down, like that's how in tune you were at that point with yourself and kind of with all of your surroundings. Like you just knew at that point when you looked at his eyes that he was, he wasn't going to get it done that day. I truly felt it. I and I just really did. I mean, I'm not, I mean, it's easy to say that yes, like, Oh yeah. Right. But I really, truly, that, and that's why I made the statement to my parents. I just felt it. Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. I'm getting excited now. And so going into the finals, I mean, now is your chance to avenge the loss and you know, like 10 minutes out from the match, what was your mantra, your self-talk or were you completely kind of empty mind at that point? No, I'm, I'm a, I always need people like Kevin Jackson, people in my corners, like tell me I'm the baddest dude in the world. So I like to be pumped up. So, so I, you know, I was like, I would go up to uh, Gil and like, Hey man, I'm going to, he goes, we're going to get him. We're going to get him. And so 
that, you know, that's how I am. You know, I, I like that. I like to be told that I'm stronger than anyone, that I, I've worked harder than anyone, that, that, you know, it's my time, that kind of thing. So, you know, I love encouragement and I love, I love just getting pumped up and being, uh, being focused, you know, honed in. And then you, you get it done, man. And then you win the nationals and then, I mean, it must have been, well, I want to know, like, was it more of a kind of a mixed feeling? Because now this guy you've been focusing on for so long, that's over? Or was it just an insane feeling of, of accomplishment? You know, I that's a good question. I think it was kind of a, you know, in a weird way. And I, you know, I just depression, you know, because you're like, right. That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. 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 So in a weird way, it was like, but you know, like I remember the last that when I got home at Clemson, I was at Clemson and I got, I got back to my house and I mean, I got up in the morning and you know how you usually take a week off or do something. I couldn't stop working out. You know what I mean? And so I think that that's how I got over all that. You know, just that I would, cause I went run, I went and did stadium. I just, I couldn't stop working out that week. You know, I just kept going, you know, I just never stopped. And, um, I just don't think my body and my mind could, could, could stop working out. So I, you know, I think that's how I dealt with it. So you did feel a little bit of that post nationals blues, so to speak. Yeah. 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 So Man. <laughs> what, what, what do you, what do you do when you do that? You work out <laughs> Get after it. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <clears throat> so when you wrestled, you know, a lot of people now don't know the name Gil Sanchez, but, you know, I know of him, and I know that after John Smith had won the Olympics, he actually beat John Smith in a like an all-star match, and then John Smith was so distraught by it, he kind of went out of his own way and went to an open tournament that weekend and beat Sanchez. But then they'd wrestle yeah. again in the finals. So did, did Gil Sanchez ever talk about his battles with John Smith? Yeah, yeah, he did. He um, Gil Sanchez was a great technician. Um, one of the best I've been around and, um, you know, just, a, he was a perfect fit for where I was at in my life at the time. And, um, and, you know, me and him would play wrestle once a week and he would just, you know, he taught me a lot. Right. I learned a lot from him. And, um, but yeah, he talked to me about beating, he, I think he, I actually think he beat John and, uh, Gallagher, uh, right after the world championship. So he it was, it was an all-star meet at Oklahoma state and, yeah, and, and John Smith, the reigning Olympic champ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty amazing in itself, you know, and John, you know, of course is the greatest wrestler that ever lived in the United States of America, in my opinion. So, you know, I, I, you know, that's a true feat for my, 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 you know, my coach, he, he, um, you know, he said he did, then he proceeded to, <laughs> you know, John, John, of course did was John and came back and you know, crushed him. But, but, uh, you know, what a feat, you know, pretty cool. Unbelievable feat. And so that had to be, a big confidence boost, kind of having him in your corner throughout the throughout your end of your collegiate career, and then so you win in '93, you win in '94. But I thought I found this. I thought it was a little bit interesting in the quarters that year. You're the number one seed. Kind of had a little bit of a scare from Mike Mena, another Iowa guy. You won one zero. It's like, man, did you guys battle with those Hawkeyes back then? Yeah, and the thing about Mike, he'll t- he, Mike. Uh, <laughs> I knew Mike was going to be like that because Mike's matches were close, you know? And so I, I felt like, I felt like that. I never felt threatened in that match at all, which is weird to say, but I just never did. Cause I didn't think he was ever going to shoot and he didn't. And so I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was like, well, I guess I'm going to win one up. You know I mean? I, I was trying to get to his legs and, you know, he was really good at defense and, um, you know, that's just the way it is. I, I actually thought I would ride him 
uh, no, I did write. I must. Uh, I, I forget how it worked, but anyway, I don't remember the match, but I do remember that I couldn't get to his legs, and he was just, you know, really defensive, and I wasn't. It's like, well, if he's not going to shoot. I mean, I can't. You know, right. <laughs> he's just looking for a big move. He was looking for a big move, and so honestly, I know that you know on, on paper that looks close, but I just never felt threatened. You know, and I couldn't find the video of it, so I wanted to ask about it because I just thought that was interesting because the yeah. rest of the bracket, you blew everybody out, except for the finals. He was really tight, but you'd expect that in the finals. Um, right. So, and I, and I could not find this, and I'm honestly curious. What happened in 96? Did you go to the trials? And if so, who did you battle against, and what kind of happened there? That's a great story. That's a good story. Uh, in 96, I was training for uh, the U.S. Open and uh, with, with Wes Roper, actually. I was back in the zoo. And he's a lot bigger than me, right? And we would just, you know, I was wrestling with him because, you know, he, he was the only one who would wrestle with me at that time, you know. And um, and so he, he would wrestle in the morning and um, he, uh, you know, uh, he had my leg and he uh, and he was like over my head and, and he had my my leg. Uh, he had my head with his arm. He was like a bow and arrow and my knee um, basically tore my um, MCL. And so I had a buckle handle tear and I couldn't get it. He was like, ah, I'm like, no, don't, don't touch it. He's like, no, we can unlock it. He was like, really upset. Like, no, 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 no. And so what happened was I had to miss the U S open. And that was, it was that it was like three days before. Right. So at that time, the trials, the trials, you know, I didn't meet the criteria to make the, the board get a waiver to get the world team trial. I love to So you didn't make, yeah. so you didn't get in qualified no. for it. No, gotcha. I had to go to, I had to go to, well, I did. I, here's a, here's a kicker. I went to, uh, so Zeke Jones, I think wins open, I think at the time or whatever, but he, so I, the next, the last qualifier was a week later. So I get surgery on Saturday when everybody's at the open and then, and I get, and just cut my, you know, cut it out. I asked me if I want to, I go, no, just cut it out. So they cut it out and there's a, oh, there's a, a qualifier in Pittsburgh on um on that next friday right i show up i work i can't even hit my knee until wednesday the first time i ever hit my knee and i go to the qualifier and lo and behold of course you know me and zeke are on the same team and i you know he he shows up he shows up he didn't have to he already qualified he you know, t- t- he either beat Lou or took second well they were in the finals but he wanted to keep me out and he knew that that was the best chance he could do, you know, right then. So what I did is I, I, I think I pinned the first two guys, didn't wrestle Zeke, and uh, I was beating him, and then he ended up beating me 5-4, 4-3, something like that. Um, and, you know, that was it for me. But, I, I mean, I only had like three days. I mean, I honestly had knee surgery like on Saturday and wrestled next Friday. Wait, so he went out of his way to come there and block yeah. you even though he had already yeah. qualified himself? Yeah, yeah. So did you guys have some battles in over the year, huh? Was that your biggest oh, rival? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would say Eric Aiken. I would always – Eric Aiken always was my toughest opponent. I felt just for me personally, he just always wrestled me like like I stole something from him. You know, he's just a tough – tough, and, I, you know, he's one of my good friends. I, I just think he's a great, great, um, great warrior. But, um, yeah, you know, me and Zeke, once I figured out that, you know um, – how to deal with Zeke, you know, as far as he always, you know, smart, he, he got me frustrated and knew how to get to me. And then once I realized that, you know, Hey, uh, it's a game and, um, you know, he retired right before that, but yeah. So wow. anyway, 
Yeah. And again, Eric Aiken wrestled at Iowa State, but was a Hawkeye guy. So once again, you're up against the Dan Gable. It's like, man, you had some battles with those guys. I, it probably brought you to a new level, though, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, of course, I, you know, those guys are great. All of them are great athletes, great wrestlers, and just good people. So, you know, anytime you're around the program like Iowa or Iowa State, you know, you, you, got, you got quality people around you. And, and one of the things I found consistently with you is you're big on how you react to external events, right? Cause you can't control to what happens to you, but you can control your reaction to it. And you had a couple of things like that, that would have maybe thrown other people off, right? Missing a, like having your sophomore year eliminated, that would suck. You know, having a knee surgery before the trials, that's pretty, pretty devastating. Like maybe just talk about how you kind of how your mindset works in terms of handling external events that are perceived to be negative, so to speak. Yeah, I, I really think, um, you know, just I for me, and I, I believe in God, I, I believe that he puts obstacles and adversity in your in your way sometimes to, you know, help you grow. And, you know, like Zeke Jones, you know, I mean, I, I think I actually wrestled him one time, and I think I, he didn't score a point on the offensive. I think I gave him one, poked him in the eye, I headbutted him to give him another point. Then I, you know, and I'm, I scored like three points on him and then ended up, Grabbed the singlet, gave another point, you know, and so a lot of that stuff, you know, was frustration for me, and um, you know, just made me more really, really realize that hey, I'm making it all about everything else, about the referee or about this and that, and honestly, I can control all this. Yeah, I mean, I can control. I I can't I can't control what they do or what they uh, if the points or anything that happens in life. You can't control it. All you can do is do the best you can. And and Kevin Jackson said this: We're not promised anything in this world. All we can do is is, is train as hard as we can and as smart as we can and put ourselves around the best people. We can control those things, right? I can control who I hang out with. I can control if I get up in the morning and I work hard and smart. You know. Um, I can't control the obstacles that, you know, might come my way, but I can, I can, uh, I'll be prepared to at least try to deal with those things and, 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 in a common and smart, intelligent way. Right. And so really the sport has taught me so much just in life, you know, even dealing with, you know, you know, maybe, you know, losing a job or doing this, it just, you know, once you've lost, the, the, you know, uh, matches and, and huge matches and one huge passage matches, you realize that you don't get too high or too low. You just stay even killing. You're excited. You're excited. You won. And you're devastated if you lost, but you're not. You're not to the level that it affects your life, right? Because it's all about how the journey and how much how much you affected other people and how much you've given back to those people. And you know, as an athlete, the best way you can give back is is by you know being successful. You know, right? And, right. and being a mentor. And as a as a coach, giving back is you know trying to trying to give everything you all your knowledge and all your experiences back to people the best way you can so really wrestling you know i i always went into every match down 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 a couple points i always said i'm down especially when i went to russia or anyway i was like all right i'm down so i always i it took a relief off me right i never worried i was like i'm down two points you know that way i never worried if the referee said something I, I didn't worry about it i just kept wrestling yeah. And when you watch your world championship performance in 98, where you won every match, you got taken down and had to had to come back. And then these guys, though, this is filthy wrestling back then, man. I'm seeing guys, you know, take injury time. I'm seeing guys pull singlets. And then in 2000, the guy put his hand over your mouth. It's like, what the hell's happening over there, dude? So 
Like, um, <laughs> did you have a lot of experiences like going over to Russia and doing any training over there? Or was it all for competition? Uh, no, I, I mean, I did go over there weeks at a time, two weeks, a couple two, you know, two week tours and stuff. But, uh, you know, they, those guys, um, those guys don't like me that much. And that, the reason why is because, you know, when I first went over there, they, you know, every, all of them kind of call them trick moves, you know, they only had trick moves back then. Like you said, it's a little bit, you know, the internet wasn't what the internet is. Right. So it exposes a lot of stuff now. Right. But back then. I mean, I just, it was crazy, right? So, Dude, um, not, crazy. It, you know, it's just, it, you know, it, I mean, I, I, I always laughed at it because once I, once again, you know, they would, they would pull your scene, right? They would do this, they would do that, whatever. And the bottom line is, who cares? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's the only thing they care about is results. And so for me, I just stopped worrying about if they grabbed my singlet, they grabbed my singlet, you know, if they did it. But all I, I feel, felt like is I'm going to impose my will on them. And once I do, I'm going to dominate them and break them until they can't pull my scene out. They can't fish with me. They don't have the energy to do any of that. And, um, you know, I just overcame it in a smarter, more tactful way. And those were the times, I'm sure, where I know you're big on visualization. When you're sitting in the wrestling room at midnight with the music on visualizing, you had to visualize all those different scenarios. And I found it interesting that you kind of got that practice from Townsend Sanders, and he read this book and I can't think of the name of the book, but he had recommended it to you. Um, and Achievement Zone. Achievement Zone. Thank you. And what what story is it from there where you kind of learned to, to visualize not just like standing on the podium, but going through the battles? It was like a shot put thrower, right? Yeah, shot, shot put thrower. I, I, I don't know exactly. I've read the book in a long time, but I, I don't. I can't recall what, what Olympics it was or what, what championships it was. But um, I do remember just the, uh, you know, Basically, the the condensed part of it was that these two shot putters were always one was always a champion, the other one was always second to the guy. And years later, after they retired, the one who always took second was like, "Hey, what what were you thinking when you beat me? I've always because I always saw myself, you know, winning and and being on the podium and you know just you know throwing it. And I broke broke the world record and he and the guy other guy goes, not me. He goes, here's what I thought about. He goes, all I thought about was you had just broken the world world record and you had had the Olympic record or whatever it was. And he goes, and then you know, and then I had I had missed my first two attempts. So on my third attempt, it, it was windy, it was raining, I could barely hold the ball. And I had to throw it as far as I could, and I I swung, and I you know and just all everything he talked about. He was worried about being in the moment and worried about the actual event of the process, right? As a, as opposed to the end result, and that's where I learned that I was like, it's all about you know, it's all about living in the moment for me, and that's what I do. I live very much. I mean, I have a plan, right? You have an overall plan, but you live in the moment during matches so it's like things tr- progress in matches people teach it i people teach technique and i and i and i do too right but but i teach position and as 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 the matches go on your matches progress you're st- if you're still doing a technique that's it's progressed past that technique then then you're lost right so if i hold my position longer than you and i have better hand fighting skills and better head position my tactics are stronger because of those things i'm going to dominate you yep and it's also not being afraid to visualize things going wrong. Because I think a lot of people, right. I even fall victim to that. I don't even want to think about something going wrong. But you know, the notion of, hey, visualize something going wrong so that you're, it's not the first time you experience it and you're ready for it. So just 
can you spend a few minutes just talking about how important visualization was to you and, and kind of your routine for doing it? Because I think it's really popular now, but back then, I don't know if it was as talked about as it is now. Yeah, it was everything to me. I mean, I, I really believe it made me stronger just as a whole, right? I mean, it, I like I said, I, I think that um, my mind went to that place where I could just – you know, so, and I did a lot. I, my thing, I, I'm different than most, I guess, people. I visualize a lot of things that could go wrong, right? Because I just, I feel like, you know, hey, you know, if something happens. I'm, I guess because I had lost early on because of my mindset, you know, because I, I, I lose my mind or I, I wouldn't control my emotions. And so for me, I had to deal with that. And that was an area, I call it AOCs. That's the area of concentration for me. That was something I had to deal with personally. And so what I did was I made myself put myself in, you know, the worst case scenarios and, you know, and, and, and had to deal with that. And it could be as much as, Hey, I woke up, you know, just like I did in the Olympics, I woke up, um, uh, eight pounds over the day of the Olympics. Well, you know, I, and that actually happened to me, but, but the deal was I could handle that because I had been, I put myself in those positions. I could, it didn't, it wasn't alarming to me. Right. It didn't. I put myself in so many different scenarios in my mind and when I'm running sprints and when I'm, if I didn't, if I didn't beat the guy, like I do a six minute, seven minute um, drill match on the, on the air nine, if I didn't beat him in a certain way, I had to do it over. Well, you, you tend to figure things out in your mind faster and quicker and, and just, and, and when you have to do it over a couple of times, that's not easy. Right. Yeah. And, um, and one thing it was doing and I didn't even know it and didn't realize it, but it's doing my cardio. Right. Because because I, because I am, I do have, you know, compulsive disorder, you know, like a mom, I got to be perfect with things. Um, even, even when they go wrong, I'm going to try to, you know, fix it. Right. So that's an area, but I guess my thing would be is sometimes I, I was opposite where I needed to probably visualize more positive things. Right. And, um, but coming up with Chuck, I think I dealt with things in a negative way. Right. So, you know, some people can't, most people, you know, you want to be a positive coach. I'm positive reinforcement, right? But for me, the way I grew up, I think I had to deal with it in a different way. And I responded, you know, learn how to respond to positive positivity too as well. So, Got it, man. I mean, so just imagine that, you know, if, if we're back in the 90s and I walk by you on the aerodyne, I might just think that you're right in the aerodyne. But in your mind, you're in a different world. You're in a, a dimension. You're in like terrain Iran mentally even though you might be in the missouri wrestling room on the aerodyne you're in a whole nother place mentally well that's what danny felix used to always say he's like we we would be walking uh or driving to a practice and he, he was like uh he told me this year i didn't even realize it and he goes you know we'd be driving to practice and we'd be having a normal conversation and then we'd get like within you know a couple miles of school and all of a sudden i saw something twitching and you just stopped talking to me I go, what? He goes, yeah. And something just, he just, I don't know what the, I didn't even realize I did it, right? But my, that was where my mind was. Like, I, you know, I was getting, you know, I knew I was, you know, it was time for business. So, you know, little things like that that you, you don't even realize you do. Man, dude, you're such a competitor. What was it like, a day in the life like when you were a, essentially a professional wrestler in, let's say, 98, right? What time would you wake up? How many workouts would you do? What were you eating? That kind of thing. Well, I worked out uh, uh, twice a day, you know, um, always, uh, I would, the day would be getting up and, you know, about seven o'clock, getting in practice at eight, um, or eight or nine. And then, um, you know, going for an hour and a half, two hours each practice, um, you know, depending if I'm lifting, aerodyne, sprints, 
um, or, or drill matches. Um, sometimes, most times, like I, I would do drill matches, a lot of drill matches, um, live wrestling. I, I wouldn't do both at the same time. So I'd either do, be drilling or I'd go live. I wouldn't do both at the same time. I know some coaches combine those two, but I separated those two because usually when I was drilling, if I had to worry, because like to your point, I'm such a competitor. If, if, if you're teaching me something new and I know I got to wrestle, I'm not going to pay attention to you because I'm, I'm worried about, I'm, I'm worried about killing this guy in practice. Right. So I, I don't even in a practice, you were that amped up for it. Oh yeah. I wanted to get, I wanted to dominate each practice, every practice. So, you know, I mean, that's just, you know, one of the things I always tell people is you got, if you don't have a plan and going into practice, no matter what your coach has planned for you, if you don't have a plan going into practice, how you, how, how are you going to be successful? In other words, if I, Every day I would I wake up, I'd, I'd be like, okay, today I'm going to, you know, depending on what the coach does, it doesn't matter. I'm going to wrestle like Troy Vizakis. I was like, I'm going to wrestle him and you know, he's really good on his feet. So I'm going to wrestle in his strong area, right? And then I'm going to wrestle Jason Wheeler. I'm going to wrestle them and they're, and he's really good on bottom. And I have a hard time holding on to him and getting out and he can reverse me. So I'm going to wrestle him there, there. So I would take him down, wrestle him there. And that's all. And I'd pick top, you know, if it was matches or whatever, right? And then Bazakas, you know, the same thing. I, I I would let him up, and then we, you know, because he was so so good on his feet. So, you know, those are things that you know sometimes I don't think we do. And then some days I'd be like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna wrestle them in my strong my strong areas against them, the places they're not good at, and I'm gonna dominate them. I'm gonna try to turn them, and you know, so and whatever. What, I always I have the plan. I love that you did that because, I got to how personal it was to you and how serious you took it. And like back then, before the big time RTCs, like what was it? I mean, were you training with a lot of people or was it kind of a lonely battle? Like you and just another guy. It was lonely until I went to Oklahoma and I had Chelsea, my coach. He uh, is one of the greatest coaches I've ever been around. Not the greatest. Um, Joe was there and uh, at Oklahoma as an RTC. And we really, I mean, like you said, to your point, there wasn't that many, but we had, it was awesome because we had me, Tony Perler, Sean Charles and Dan St. John all training there together when was this and so uh 98 90 yeah 97 98 so 96 too yeah right in there i i left mizzou i left mizzou in 96 uh or not mizzou you know training after that trials i went i think 97 i went to oklahoma and then 98 and you know all the way to 2000 we were in oklahoma and you had to be so, living a humble life because i don't think there was as much money in there as it were, there is now Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I went. I went from making. Uh, I was making sixteen thousand dollars a year at. Uh, or, or I'm sorry, twelve thousand dollars a year at a Mizzou, um, and as a as assistant coach, second assistant coach, and then I went to. Uh, <laughs> I went to Oklahoma for eight thousand dollars a year, and so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like you know, I remember Tony Perler would come in and he. He'd have he'd work a full job and come in and train with us, and he was making you know about the same or a little less. But he was he was uh you know always had hay in his head and stuff. I don't know if he, he was helping some farmer there or something. But he, <laughs> um, you know, it was it was humbling. You know, but, but one, you know, it was worth it. It was it was worth the journey. You know, I, I mean, my I think my wife at the time was she was she was making at that time I think uh, like twenty grand or so being a nanny. She, you know, she was young, yeah. and I'm like, she's making more than me. <laughs> <laughs> that had to be fun though, because like you, you're, 
sphere of concern was very small, right? All you cared about was getting better each day, working out, and like you didn't need a lot of money. And that's probably what's cool that, about it. Yeah, we we our big thing was you know we'd wait till the weekend and we'd go and have a nice dinner somewhere. That was our thing. That's what me and Steph did. So it was kind of you know you train all week and then you know okay we have a night out. And that was kind of. You know, you don't forget those things. That was a, it was a good time. That's awesome. And then, so you win in '98. I mean, just some of the most crazy matches I've seen. Like I said, every every match was back and forth. You dominated a couple, but it, they'd score, then you'd score, and you know. So you win in '98, and then in 2000, in the semis you have Bulgaria. You win that, and then you have the same guy from Azerbaijan in the finals. Kind of talk us through that match because that was one of the filthiest matches I've ever seen in terms of scummy wrestling you know yeah i've never really even talked about it. i never even watched that match i um i to be honest with you i just i can't even yeah i can't even uh, i can't even i don't even know what to say about it i uh, i just uh i i i you know i know before the match before the tournament i remember uh you know they had blind draw back then and so people would wait you know and i and uh, get to you know draw. So you go in, you pick a bowl, or pick a number out of a bag, and you know you, you they put that for you get put on on the seating, you know I me mean? on the on the bracket. And I remember being there and everybody's waiting, you know. And I just went up there right first one and put my man. I didn't care because I knew I, I you were the so bad draw. I was a bad draw. I knew that I I knew that I was going to win. There was no doubt. There's nobody worked harder. Um, the only one that might have been who I always questioned myself with it was Cola. You know, me and Cole, I, 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 you know, I, you know, he, he's, he's just a, you know, one of the you know, animal. So, you know, those, those Who's animal this? brands, but Kerry Cola, okay, you know, I, gotcha. you know, whether I, whether I worked harder than him or not, you know, um, I felt like I did. I'm sure he felt like he did me too. But so, he took it to pretty, the line as well. Like he was pushing it hard. Always, always. I always measured myself and trying to, you know, me and him trying to, get each other but also smart too you don't want to just work hard and dumb right you know work hard and smart so sometimes you do need you do need rest i think coaches miss that but back to your point um yeah i don't you know i i don't know i don't know um i still don't know what happened i do i do know i was going for a shot early on and uh i my i felt like my footing slipped right and i was like oh no you know in my mind i'm like oh no because he went behind me right and then his strongest thing was ankle lace, right? And so he, he actually got me an ankle lace, and he knew he had to get that because there's no way, you know. And then I made a, you know, I wasn't worried because I knew, you know, you know I, I had a post IC, and anyway, I, yeah. I took him down several times with that post IC, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, uh, you, you know the rest. I don't like to make excuses. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, and you, woke, but, you said you woke up eight pounds over that morning? Yeah, well, what happened was I, I, I the night before I misjudged it. Uh, I um, night before I, I uh, what would I say to you? Oh, um, I, I made I I got down. I usually like I go, you know, I have a system, and I I got down to way too low. I didn't even realize it. I was just working out, and my well, I guess the water, you know, stuff was just falling off me. So I was on weight the night before, and I'm like, damn it. So I I drank a little bit. And then that night, I don't know what happened. I've never done this before, and I had wrestlers say they, but I just. I would go to the water fountain, I guess, and I didn't even know it, and I was drinking. And I was like, oh, I, I, cause I, well, I wanted to be four over, but instead of having something to gauge it by, I was going to the water fountain right there or whatever, and I was just drinking, right? And so I didn't, 
I, I, I thought I was going to be like four over, which is good, you know, four, three, three, four over. I, you know, I thought one way cut and I'm done, you know. Um, but no, I was eight and I was like, holy smart. So, you know, holy I mean, but I got shit. it. Off. Yeah. I, I mean, it was, it was, it was a tough one. Um, was that the one day I, tournament or is there multiple days for the tournament? Uh, it was, uh, what was it back then? I can't even tell you. I, I know I waited in that night before. I didn't have to wait in, I only had to wait in once. Okay. So, so, yeah. Wow. So, so like, you just got to the water fountain, you're like, shit, this tastes good. And you just kept drinking <laughs> yeah, it and drinking yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. That was definitely way too good, you know? That was, that was definitely <laughs> way too good. But, uh, yeah, that, that was, because I've never not made weight. So, that was, like, that was really foreign to me because, you know, I just was like this. But, um, you know, I, I, I was, I felt like I was in such great shape. It didn't bother me. My body was immune to anything, you Dude, know? you were just an yeah. animal. Um, And what I find cool is that, after the Olympics, you took some time off. Then you made a comeback and get another bronze medal in 2006. And this is during a time where the U.S. was not getting a lot of medals. And during this time, you're on the team with guys like DC, Mo Law, and like all, all of these guys. I mean, I think as we wind down the interview, one of the cool things I've heard is that you started to take things in a little bit more during that, that part of your career. And, and again, you had the blind draw. You had the Cuban first round. He was a world champ. Um like, what about it kind of made you flip the switch and be like, all right, I'm going to enjoy this a little bit more than the other ones? Did you know it was your last well, one? Yeah, well, I knew that. knew the World Championship was my last. I, I felt like it was it. You know, I just felt – I remember asking years ago, how do you know? And I just knew, you know. I just um, – you know, I, I was getting older. And it's not that – I, you know, one of my friends, uh, Steve Dante, he's, he's in the fitness stuff. But anyway, he's a good friend of mine. He – he said, what's the difference in, you know, and there's a huge difference. Don't get me wrong. There's a big difference in, um, in a gold medal and a silver medal, right? But he goes, what's the difference if you spend the next two years, um, you win the gold medal, what difference is that going to be for your family? And and not not for me, for my family. And that's when I realized, well, hey, man, this is, you know, it's time for me to, you know, you know, I was taking care of my family. I was making good money, you know, doing wrestling, but I needed to think about my career and where we, where we go from there. So really that, that 2006, I, you know, I think back in the back of my mind, I was like, um, you know, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. So yeah, I, I, you know, I call it, you know, I always had the toughest guys. We always wrestled first round, you know? So I remember, you know, that year I wrestled Josh Rajan at a tournament and uh, Kevin Jackson came up to me and said, do you want to know your draw? I go, no. And then next day he goes, do you want to know your draw now? I go, yeah, yeah. I go, I go, I can tell you who I got. I got about hundred percent first round. So we're in, uh, we're in, uh, uh, what is it? China. What, no, 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 that, no, that's, I'm talking about this tournament before that. We're in a, a big tournament. I wrestled, I wrestled Hajar Bajan and I freaking, I was like, I got the Hajar Bajan in first round. He goes, yeah. I go, he goes, how do you know? I go, because that's my, that's how I do it. <laughs> it's got to be hard, right? So what tournament so, is this? It's in, uh, what was it? What tournament did I wrestle? Because I wrestled a two-time reigning world champ at that time and beat him in this country, too. I forget, I think it's Uzbekistan. Was it Uzbekistan, I think. Okay. And and then I beat, I beat, uh, I beat Dajan first round. Then I had the guy who took third at uh, 60 kilos, bronze medal in the world. Um, in a quarter, in a semis, and then in the finals, I had the two-time reigning world champ from Uzbekistan, and I beat him there too, all three. But that guy, that um, the the Ashraf I just was like, 
I snapped him. I, I mean, I beat him three. I think I don't know how bad I beat him. I, I know one period I beat him three nothing. I think next period I beat him. I don't know. I just dominated him. And uh, I, I just that was that was a great moment for me. You know, personal. It, nobody knew about it. The internet thought, but personally, that was you know because I hadn't wrestled him since 2000. So you know, this is 2006. Oh, See, this is the long, same guy. Yeah, same guy. Oh my yeah. God! So you beat him in the '98 World Finals. He beats you in the 2000 Olympic Finals, and then years later you have him. I didn't know it's the same guy. Okay. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm telling you. Like I've beaten that kid every time we wrestled except that Olympics. So. Son yeah. of a gun, man. And that, and that. Yeah. You also said something that's going to stick in my mind for a while is, what's the difference between gold and silver to you a lot, but what's the difference between gold and silver to your family? Like they don't care. You know, I mean, they no. care for you, but. It's not like you're living in Dagestan and a gold medal is going to give you a house. You know, it's like it's right. different here. Um, man, that's that's incredible. I mean, you just have so many stories. And I know we're, we're out of time here, but I have you know, just one last question I'll ask um, is and, and then I ultimately love to have you back on at some point to talk about your coaching career because that's a whole nother chapter. But, um, you know, if you look at kind of your career, how would you say? wrestling has impacted your life or what are some of the life lessons it's it's distilled to you throughout the years it's made me um it's made me humble it's made me appreciative it's made me just an overall better person and 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 a caring person um it's made me um you know be consistent in what i do and my outlook on other people and and then um honestly just be I just think it just made me want to give, give as much as I can of myself to, to others, because I think that um, that's really what, you know, the world's missing. You know, we, we, you know, work hard, be smart and uh, try to help others. Well, that's what you're doing now through your bull trained Academy. Talk about that a little bit. If folks want to learn and, and get coached by you, how do they find you and how do they sign up? Yeah. Bull, bulltrain.com And, you know, I um, have a great team here in Missouri. Um, you know, we're St. Charles, Missouri at St. Charles MMA, and then we're also in Hallsville, and we're also in Hannibal. And I have some squad. I have some boys coming, man, and girls. I guess some stud girls. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And so, <laughs> Ava Ward, Ava Ward, she's tough, man. So she's, and I got a couple other ones, Alexis, and so yeah. So we have we have a powerful uh, team coming. I really a lot of little bull train guys and girls coming, and then uh, of course I do camps all over the country. That's I really love doing camps. I I like doing that. It's kind of like recruiting. I always love recruiting because you get to meet people, right? Different people all over. So um, yeah, if you ever have a chance to have one of my bull train camps, you know, go and you know email me at bulltrain at, at gmail dot com. And I'll so. post links to all of your uh, our stuff in the show notes so people can find it, man. Well, just want to say thank you, sir. It was an honor to chat with you, and I I got a lot out of this, man. So hope you have a great day in, and wish you nothing but the best, man. My pleasure, buddy. You too. And all great things must come to an end. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, give us a review, give us a rating, and share this with your friends. It would mean the world to us. Thanks for listening to Wrestling Changed My Life.